When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Tom Bernard Show with Ralph Basham, Hackmaster. Andy Rent Bernard. Cassie Schrader. And we'll be right back to kick off our three Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt, then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. It's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? uh, Either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Walzer Automotive is a Minnesota family-owned business that started in the 50s. It's grown by leaps and bounds, especially in the past few years, and they now have 23 dealerships spread across two states. The Walzer way includes upfront, no-haggle pricing on every single new and used vehicle they sell. If you change your mind, no problem. Check out Walzer's three-day return and 30-day exchange policy. I'm a customer, my family are customers, and many of my friends have bought cars from them. The Walzer way is really different, and I know you'll be pleasantly surprised. For great deals on new or used Acura, Audi, Buick, BMW, Chevrolet, Chrysler, Dodge, GMC, Honda, Hyundai, Jaguar, Jeep, Land Rover, Lexus, Mazda, Mercedes, Mini, Nissan, Porsche, Ram, Subaru, or Toyota, go to Walzer.com, Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. At the Copa, Copacabana. This is Yacht Rock. Yacht Rock. Oh, yes, this is definitely Yacht Rock. <laughs> I find that so funny. Just grown men on a boat just jamming. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's true. Yeah, you're right. But George Michael. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Hey, I should mention, tomorrow morning, Fox 9 News, M.A. Rosso is going to do a segment on my garden. 
on your garden. On the garden. She's I know. Do it. I just she's, retweeted I, it. She's got to be out there doing that thing on the garden. She came and did a tour when it was like a million degrees out there. So it was beastly. So yeah, she's yeah. going to talk about uh, the stuff we do. And My garden's growing wild right now, and Dave is so impatient because he wants his beefsteak tomatoes. And he's oh, like, are well. they are they ready? Mm. I'm like, no, they're not ready. Well, hurry up. And I'm like, this is physics. I can't make them grow any faster. You, you can pick them early uh-huh. and set them out, and sometimes they'll ripen earlier. Or you do what my father did. My father would get sick of it. He would want a ripe tomato. He would pick them green, and my mother would fry them up, fry green tomatoes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, get sick of it. Yeah. Well, they're only about the size of a large grape, so oh, he has yeah. to wait a little, oh, bit, a little longer. bit longer. A little bit longer than that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No doubt about it. The U.S. Embassy in London issued an alert today to Americans in the British capital, warning them to keep a low profile during President Donald Trump's visit later this week in case protests against him turn violent. We're getting to the point now where our president visits countries we bailed out of World War II, and you're going to harm Americans? Are you psychotic? The U.K. is in kind of a bad place right now. It really is. Oh, yeah. You're a disaster. Yeah, they're, they're trying to get this Brexit deal done, and, and it, our government is kind of falling apart as a result. They can't figure out how to do it, mm-hmm. and they got two more months to uh, finish negotiations and get out, and they just can't get it done. So yeah. We have a caller. We have a caller. And who was the caller? Yeah, this is Magoo. Uh, Magoo, yeah. what's oh, up, man? Are. Tommy, Tommy, Tommy. Tommy, Tommy. Yeah, first of all, I... I want to tell my buddies have been giving me crud about. They said you had to move studios to get get away from my phone calls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that was it. We completely moved everything just to get away from your phone calls. Yeah, so there you go. See, your wife gave me the number, so I'm back. So, <laughs> Catherine gave you the number, so you're back in back in the saddle. Yeah, that's right. I'm out in uh, Medford, Oregon. What's going on in Medford, Oregon? Oh, you know, wood. Lots of wood Lots of here. trees, lots of trees and lots of wood. I suppose that's true. Yeah, I'm going to pick up uh, wood to bring back for windows. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, they have, that would make sense. I thought most oh. windows were made of vinyl now. Thank you very much. Great to be here. <laughs> I, I don't. Listen. I just pick up the stuff. I get paid. I don't care what they do with it. You don't care what's explosive. As long as it's not explosive, I suppose. Yeah, but you got all the transients out here. That's the problem. They don't work. They're living in truck stops where I can't stop and oh my you know God. go to bed because they're parked there, mm. sitting around smoking pot, and you know taking up space for you know people who work out here. That's pretty, pretty amazing. Bad. Everybody, because of that, you can't do your job and you can't live your life. That's really fair to you, isn't it? But that's what I tried telling these truck stops. I said, you know, I'm going to spend uh, about seven hundred and fifty bucks in fuel in the morning, but I have to go somewhere else because you got these transients living out out there taking up spots. Yeah, uh, I can't park, go to bed, get up, fuel, and go the next day. So yeah. But everybody out here smells like reefer. Holy <laughs> grapes. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. You don't think uh, from contact highs there, uh, the hackster, you don't think I'll fail a drug test, do you? No, I don't think you'll be. I don't think, I think you'll be just fine. You know, they just smell like that. They don't exude it too much. Oh, boy, they stink. 
I don't know if it's their body order or the pot, but boy, oh boy. Well, it's not much different. They need a bath. There's not much different there, Magoo. I suppose. That yeah. makes complete well, sense you to know, me. And, and stench on a man, Tommy, is two different things from a, a man who works and comes home and stinks from a guy who sits around and just never bathes. Well, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, there man. is that. Speaking of guys who sit around and never bathe, Chris Lindahl just got in. Just I'm here. What's oh. the buzz? You, but anyways, I wanted to give you a shout and say, uh, you know, yeah, goes back. I got the number now, so I check in from every once in a while. And, uh, yeah, thank you. Absolutely. Magoo, it's great to have you back. I'm glad you tracked us down, man. Okay. Thanks, Tommy. Bye-bye. Thanks, Magoo. Take care. Magoo calling from where was it? In Oregon? Bedford, 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 Oregon. Bedford, Oregon. Medford, Oregon. Yeah, he said uh, the transients out there reek like pot and body odor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, Colorado, uh, Denver's not too far behind you. Yeah, you walk around the places where these people are sleeping under the bridge and everything. That's kind of what it smells like there too. So. I went to a football game when the Broncos were playing the Vikings, and people were just passed out all over the sidewalk and everything. Mm. It's the craziest thing what? I've ever seen. Why? Drunk. Oh, high. High. <laughs> high. high. They just, but, Both. you know, the crime rate, I don't know how much crime goes on with that as far as, you know, when they're under the influence. It's, influence. it's not the same. Violent crime isn't the same as with alcohol. They weren't hurting anyone. They are no. passed out. Yeah, they were just <laughs> laying around. It's getting in the way. That's there, right. Right. there actually is a correlation between violent crime and weed. But yeah. <laughs> you do have to wonder if that's just because, you know, if you're a criminal, you're going to do a lot of different crime and not just one kind of crime. Have, yeah. Have you ever heard, like, 911 calls when people call because they're so high? They think they're oh, dying yeah. oh, off yeah. a pot. Oh, yeah. They're like, I'm so high. They're like, well, how much did you take? I don't know. I ate the whole pan. It's <laughs> always when they're eating it. That's uh, The calls oh, are yeah. always yeah. edible. It's, yeah, it's really? they're always eating it. Yeah, because yeah. it, it takes a while for it to hit you, and then when it does, oh. so people keep eating they more They eat more and more because they, oh. they don't think it's working. Yeah, oh, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, bam, that. they hit that wall, and don't they're just like, oh, my God. But, 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 man, that's not the problem, man. The problem is I ran out of Cheetos. I need more Cheetos, <laughs> man. <laughs> You know, when we're in Vegas, because the pot's legal in Vegas now, so I said, if you're going to go over to the dispensary, that's great. Uh, you know, have a ball, take 10 milligrams, no more than that. And I don't care if you're still straight as hell two hours later, do not eat more. <laughs> don't do that. Well, one woman said, well, it just wasn't working at all. She was up all night, all hallucinating. She had taken so much. Oh, pot. gross. <laughs> I was like, don't do that. I just told you not to do that. When was weed legalized in Colorado? About two years ago. Yeah, about two years ago. A year and a half, two years ago. Hmm. Why? Well, I don't have any data for 2017, but crime did go up in 2015 and 2016. <laughs> okay. That's not good news. So That's not good news, is it? Is it the people that are the, the perpetrators? Are they the high ones or the ones being preyed upon? Are they the high ones? Um. I I mean, like, how many criminals do you know that don't get high? That's true. <laughs> so, That's a very good point. Like I said, if they're oh gonna. I mean, they they all they all get high. They all smoke. They all drink. They all do all that stuff. So maybe it's it's, it's impossible to split out. You know what what crimes are a result of being high and what crimes are a result of being criminal and what crimes are a result of being drunk. Yeah. You just can't split it out. These are all good points. Colorado should have that data, though. though. I think it's a little difficult because you can't test someone that's really high on the spot, whereas you can for drinking. You can say, hey, your your BAC limit is this, but... Yeah, they can tell how many crimes have alcohol as a factor, but yeah, yeah. they they need to invent a way to test that for weed to see if it does 
cause the same behavioral changes that yeah, alcohol does? As of now, the only test they have for that is a urine test, but I don't think it tests the levels. It just if it detects mm. THC oh, really? in your in your urine, but it's not like you know. Yeah, was it today or it last a, week or? Or because yeah. I think it stays in your system for like a month. Mm-hmm. So it's in your urine? Yes. In your oh. urine, it does. I thought it was in your follicles. In your hair, it does. Yeah, in your follicles, it does. I think in your urine, too. Uh, really? Marijuana. Yeah, for two it's months? Yeah, for, for month. 30 days. Jesus. Huh. Yeah. Well, I better Well, that can't be healthy. <laughs> oh, uh, I wouldn't think so. Yeah, Something with a biological... careful, I think. Biological half-life of, like, 15 days, that's pretty yeah, high. that's pretty high. There's no question. Do you think that's worse or the fact that now I see Chris Lindell on the weekends? <laughs> I ran into Lindahl. Where I'm over playing golf at Golden Valley with Kendall and uh, Osgard and all those people. Ryan comes in. Who's he got with him? Lindahl. Just like Bilski and Lindahl. That's how it's going to go. I'm from just going to keep an eye on you everywhere. The so, roads, the radio, <laughs> golf. Everywhere. What's, uh, what's your schedule for today? I'm flexible. Do you want to be on the show for half an hour and then cut the commercial? You Perfect. Want, or we could give the people an experience they'll never get again, cut a commercial on the air. <laughs> that might be kind of I cool, can be here for 30 like. minutes or we could do whatever we want. It's up to you. I'll stick around. Yeah, well, we have some pretty interesting topics coming up. Uh, as you were just arriving, I was reading the fact that the U.S. Embassy in London issued an alert on Tuesday to Americans in the British capital warning them to keep a low profile during President Donald Trump's visit later this week in case protests against him turn violent. Explain to me how it is that an American citizen is responsible for what Donald Trump does. So you're going to prey upon an innocent victim who's living in England, just happens to be American, so you're going to beat the hell out of them. What sense does that make? People are dumb. Trump arrives in Britain on Thursday after a NATO summit, and thousands of protesters are expected to join demonstrations during his visit, including plans to fly a blimp over Parliament portraying Trump as an orange, snarling baby. Oh, my God. While Britain regards the United States as its closest ally, some Britons see Trump as crude, volatile, and opposed to their values on a range of issues. His comments on military attacks in Britain and his retweeting of anti-Muslim videos posted by a leader of a far-right UK party sparked anger. So it's something that a Brit did that they're pissed off about because our president revealed it. Okay, I see. Again, what's the time limit on how many lives Americans saved in England by bailing them out of World War II? Does that expire now? Yeah, and they're looking at leaving the EU, and one of the biggest trading partners they could have and to have a good relationship with is America. So it's making no sense. They're not thinking straight. Look, I am mostly British. British, Scottish, Irish, all that stuff. Wherever honkies are from, that's where I'm (laughs) mostly. I mean, seriously, that's my lineage right there. So I'm mostly British, though. I love love England. London is maybe the best city I've ever been in my life. Chicago is my favorite big city. But I love London. But this childish behavior, blaming all Americans for somebody you don't like who happens to be American. That makes no sense to me at all. Like, I, I'm sure I didn't like some of your hun yucks over there, uh, but I'm not going to blame it on the other Brits. I love Brits in general. Yeah, what's their excuse for Russell Brand? Hey, <laughs> I like that. You're absolutely right. I hated him so much. I oh, know. God, oh, how disgusting was that guy? Unfunny. Ugh. We, we saw him one time in Paris. He got out of a car, ran around in his, with his long hair and taking photographs, jumped back in the car. He was just acting like a fool. Just a fool. Yeah. It's the most bizarre behavior. Doesn't shock me at all. Nope. 
More than 50,000 people have signed up to demonstrate in London on Friday against his visit, although a counter-gathering to welcome him is also planned. Numerous demonstrations are being planned for July 12th to the 14th, 2018. Surrounding the visit of the President of the United States to the United Kingdom, the U.S. Embassy said in the alert on its website, several of the events are expected to attract large crowds and there will be road closures in connection with those events. Its advice to U.S. citizens was to keep a low profile and exercise caution if unexpectedly in the vicinity of large gatherings that may become violent. Maybe I'll just go over to England on the 12th, 13th, 14th. <laughs> yeah, let's, okay, tough guy. <laughs> Good God. Do the podcast over there. Yeah, we'll do the podcast over there. We'll make fun of people, you know. Just... No, I love Brits. I do. They're some of my favorite people in the world. I loved London. I loved being in England. But as I did in Ireland and Scotland and, you know, Italy and all the other places I've been. But I, it just it makes no sense that you would prey upon American citizens because you don't like Donald Trump. You know, half of these citizens in here in the United States did not vote for Donald Trump. Yeah. You know, a matter of fact, what did he win by? What, what, did he, what was his margin? Not much. It, it was not he, very it much. Was just, you know, it wasn't, wasn't much, but it was electoral college that pushed him over, and he didn't win the popular vote. No, I think he, he would get 47% or s- somewhere yeah. in that range on yeah. the popular. So he didn't even win the popular vote. How can you blame it on American citizens? You know, gerrymandering, of course, is a, becoming a bigger be- and bigger problem all the time. There's no doubt about that. So calm down with your attacking people who aren't responsible for anything. I, I've never understood that. That's almost every protest, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, most oh, protests yeah. don't make any sense. No, no. you're 100% right. Honestly, I just I wish, it, I wish people would dial it back you because know, it's disgusting. There's insinuations of people dying. Uh, there's a woman that died from this uh, Novacek uh, nerve agent that uh, uh, Great Britain insists was put there by Russia uh, to assassinate someone. And, uh, you know, they're not protesting that at all. So it's a bizarre kind of uh, – they have that much more hatred for an American president that's sort of an ally and trying to do things good for them. I, right. I, makes no sense. I agree. So, Chris, you walked in on a good day because we uh, read part of a story earlier on uh, a lot of people in your business out in Seattle are really worried that there's going to be a huge bubble and the, the market out there might crash. But Ralph had a question, and you're probably the guy to answer this. If there's a shortage of housing, and if they're not building any new housing, why would the market crash? Yeah, that's the problem. It won't. Yeah, there, it's there not can't crash. No, there can't be a major crash. I think the the one thing, the one variable is if rates get really out of hand, which yeah. it doesn't look like they're going to. But no. I mean, you know, they, they committed to maybe three, you know, two or three more times this year of like a small, you know, quarter point raise or somewhere in that range yeah. of the rate. But as demand slows, and that, it's already happening here, so. So it's actually shifting a little bit more to a buyer's market, and we have low inventory, which right. would be rare. But it, it, the days of the crashes are, are probably over, and the reason that is is because you have most people that are at 3% interest on their house. Yeah. Like, And if you default on your house to go rent, it'll actually be more expensive than it would be to, to, to pay your mortgage. And whereas when you look at the last downturn, there were strategic defaults where you could go rent for less, and you could foreclose and shave off $100,000, $300,000 in debt by doing that. It's not. It's not the same this time around. And those in those predatory loans where you know you'd get an interest rate at eight, and then six months later it was fourteen percent right, right. are over. Most people are in three percent interest, and so I think that's the one thing when people talk about bubbles and things crashing again is they think about you know every seven years there's supposed to be this cycle. Well, we rates are so low and people are locked yeah. in. It's so, and that's it's actually the biggest issue right now is you know if you're at three percent interest and now rates are you know in the high fours. 
you know, you really got to think about moving. You know, it's not like before where rates were six when you bought and then they went yeah, to five yeah. or then it went to four and it made sense. I, I don't, I don't think we're going to see much of a bubble. And we're in, and, and obviously in the, the Twin Cities, we're a little bit more neutral as it is, but right. um, I, I don't. Prices have to come down a little bit. I mean, prices are really out of control in the Seattle area. Well, for t- sure. I'll tell you what, we'll take a break, talk more about this. And for new listeners who've never heard Chris, yes, that's him beating on the table when he talks. <laughs> that wasn't me. Yes, it was. <laughs> Let me just tell you something. Got to tell him. You're unbelievable. We'll be right back, Tom Brown Show. <laughs> just like all of you, I'd been hearing about my pillow and was skeptical that it's as great as everyone says. Well, I received my first my pillow, and I love it because I have a pretty big melon, pretty big head, and my pillow will prop it right up. I can get my neck aligned, and I sleep very well because of it. Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow, has a very special offer for my listeners. My pillow is offering buy one my pillow and get another absolutely free. Don't delay. Order now. This offer expires August first. If you're looking for a great night's sleep, now is the perfect time to get your first my pillow. If you already know how great the my pillow is. Why not give them to everyone you know? Call 800-516-5146. Use the promo code TOM or go to MyPillow.com, but make sure to use the promo code TOM. Call 1-800-516-5146 and use promo code TOM. I'm Brad Huckle, president of North American Banking Company. Ask one of our bankers what they love about business banking. They always say the relationship with a client. Case in point, True North Oral Surgery and Implants is a longtime customer with a growing practice. Their banker, Julie Marshall, knows the ins and outs of what they do. So when they need working capital, an equipment loan, or funds for expansion, they call Julie. Are you looking for a banker you can count on? Give us a call. This is Tom. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. What do we got cooking now, Cassie? It's called Our House by Madness. Oh, yeah, Our House. Yeah. It's a pretty little house. Or what is it? In it's the middle of the street. In the middle of the street. Something. So you went Our House because Lindahl's here, is that why? Yeah, it should be your theme song. It was, the, it was the drumming I was doing on the table. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, do, let me do a proper a proper introduction. Chris Lindahl is in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, right there. So, sincerely, you know, and it's not because you're in the business, but you just—you're absolutely right. There are so many people locked in at a very low. What, what's the? If you got a mortgage today, would it be four and a half? Four and a half to four and three quarters, depending on the lender, depending on the program, right? Some people get yeah. a fifteen years. Some people get a thirty-year loan. Right. And the the fifteen-year loan is going to be a much lower rate. So what? So when, when you were buying your first houses, what was what were the interest rates? Well. I bought my first house in 1977, and I think there were 18. I know. Like so, so even at four and a half or four three quarters, historically, that's still a really oh, good yeah. rate. Oh, it is absolutely. Yeah. So it might go to five and a half tops. You think? Yeah, it's, I mean, I don't think it's going to get too far out of control because they're going to need to have some. De- they can't raise them so much that there's no more demand. That will be right. That will be. I think that's the correction that would that could happen. But that doesn't mean that the market collapses and there's a bubble. There might just not be a lot of demand. Yeah, so why would they do that? That would make no sense. If you want to lend money on on homes, then you got to stay in the ballpark. Well, the, you? you could you could tell that things are changing a little bit though, because programs are starting to open up from the lenders. It's the we're, oh, we're getting yeah. closer to some of the not the negative programs, but like they're opening up the you know the lower credit buyers are now able to buy less money down now able to buy some of those like programs that. are. I don't the, like that at all. Yeah, but the. the 
I agree with you because of what happened last time. But right. but the rates are still low. Yeah, the, the, the rates are low. I just that whole thing when you got one hundred twenty five percent of the value of your house on a loan. No. no yeah, no. that that was terrible. Yes, that, and that was uh, what Bill Clinton's idea. And, and then the next thing that happened is is homes started depreciating. And yeah, so now you did, took right. out a loan for more than it was worth, oh. and it's like a. I mean, it's like taking out a loan on a toy, right? That depreciates every year. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. What was it called? The CRA, I think it was, a Community Reclamation Act or whatever. It started in the uh, uh, like the late 90s and then continued on through Clinton and then into George W. Bush and through pretty much all of his presidency. And then 2008, the Shiite hit the fan. That's, that's, that's all right. I know. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was talking to somebody about that, uh, a friend of mine the other day, a new friend, and he was talking about this, that, and the other thing. Uh, and I said, yeah, 2008 was not my favorite year. My mother died in March. My children both moved out of the house in August, and the economy collapsed in October. Mm-hmm. It was a hell of a year, 2008. <laughs> that was really great, man. I really, really there are cer- there are a few things you know that you see that are kind of indicators of where we were at pre the last crash. Mm-hmm. But there's also a lot of things that are way different. Yeah, I mean, well, it's not, you know, it's a lot. It's a lot different than it was the, the last one. I I think we will see a slowdown for sure. I mean, well, as rates yeah. go up, I mean, I mean, any time that rates go up, buying power changes. I mean, what people can right. qualify for changes. And unemployment is down. Correct. So, you know, people people might, you know, people are going to be looking to maybe move out of rental housing, maybe increase yeah, or change their, their home and uh, get a better home. So, I mean, there's a lot of things in the economy which are entirely different than they, than they were then and a lot different than when you bought your first house. Because, yeah. because oh, then they had, yeah, there were, the economy was stagnant. There was inflation, and interest rates were through the roof. Correct. What about an asset combination? I don't know how we got out of that. Oh, Reagan. Well, let me put it this way. It was so bad back then that I went to an independent lender, and on a 200, I think the house was like 225000 which was a lot for a house back yeah. then. Uh, my payment was $7,000 a month. It's like, <laughs> Jesus. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, loan sharking. Usury yeah. laws. Let's get in oh, line here. Smokes. What, the first seven years of a, a 30-year loan is all interest, isn't All it? interest. Yeah, so it was all interest, and it was $84,000 of interest on a $225,000 purchase. So, People yeah, it was were about doing, 18%. The one thing with higher interest rates, too, is that they, you start to do better with your bonds and with your investments and stuff like that. Yeah. And that's the one thing back then that... People were making a little bit more money in some of their investments oh, yeah. as, with higher rates. God, I remember all the people around me were just investing in every stock that came out, and everybody was going to be a billionaire, and all of a sudden it would just hit the wall. It was because yeah. I, I didn't invest in the stock market. I have no interest in those people at all. Like the President <laughs> of the United States, I don't care which party, I hate you. That's just <laughs> how it is. That's just how it is, and it's how it's always going to be. But, yeah, that uh, look, I understand you invest in the stock market, and some people have made a lot of money, but... Uh, that whole idea of the Madoffs of the world and, and buying every stock that comes along, it's just not a good plan. Well, especially if you don't know anything about it. I mean, that's right. the key. I mean, you know, I always, I always, you know, even like with the Bitcoins and those things, it's like oh, yeah. when, you, when you jump in the Uber and the Uber driver tells you that they're retiring from buying Bitcoin and they're like, hey, you need to buy Bitcoin right now. And, and, and they don't know anything about Bitcoin no. it's when you should run away from it. I would never think of buying Bitcoin. No. I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. No, it's, it's anytime, anytime, uh, you know, and I've learned this even in real estate, but when everyone's going one way, you go the other way. Yeah, Every single time, mm-hmm. whatever it is. I mean, you think about the oil in North Dakota and mm-hmm. I mean, everyone got into real estate and multifamily and rentals and everything else yeah. out there. Yep. Oil goes down and everyone loses everything. Yeah, they pretty much it, did. 
I, I now it's at. I saw that oil today was at uh, I think forty at seventy three twenty five or something like that or seventy three seventy. Uh, so it's a lot higher than it was, but I don't know how much higher it's going to have to get before they start pumping oil like a madman again. I know. Is it going to have to get up to 100? Because that's not good for everybody either. Mm-mm. Well, apparently Mexico's not going to buy their oil from us anymore. Oh, so. they're not? Oh, I because mean, they're mad at Trump about the yep. uh, NAFTA? Yeah, so they're going to get rid of their cheapest source of oil because they're... Really but good. Really stupid. How stupid. Serve the people, for God's sake. <laughs> no. Nope. You know, first of all, we Americans, I have nothing to do with the price of oil in America. I have nothing to do with Donald Trump being president. Uh, so I get punished, or we, we all in this room get punished, because we happen to live in a country. Look at the crooked bastards you've had running Mexico for the past 200 years. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit corrupt. And, and how long is this guy going to last? He's oh, I'm going to clear out all the corruption. I'm going to clean this all up. <laughs> yeah. uh, this guy's not going to be alive no, if he that's, does that. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's main how bad problem. it is there. And then I, I would tell Catherine off, off air, in South Africa, their economy, they don't have any cash left in their economy because their tax system is so corrupt. They're going to need a bailout from the IMF. No, and no question about it. This, it, it, it so it's just so corrupt and so bad. Oh, America is the worst country except for all others. Except for all the other ones, exactly. Yeah. I, I remember the, there was a show called, uh, Ted Levine was on it, it was called The Bridge. It was about the bridge mm-hmm. that goes from El Paso to uh, Juarez. Yeah. I loved the show. It was only on for two years, but I loved it. I thought it was a terrific show. So the last time I was in El Paso, I figured, I want to go see the bridge. That would be really cool to go see the bridge. One problem with that is you stand on the bridge in El Paso and you can hear the gunfire <laughs> across the river. It's like, good God. Wow. I thought they were like, are they target practicing? No. No, <laughs> no they're not. It's not target practice. But Jesus. It's, a lot of Americans still do business in Juarez, though, from what I understand. Some big appliance makers apparently still have their stuff made in, it says made in El Paso, but it's a little south of there. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you, you're, you're thinking the, the market is going to fluctuate like it always does, but there's going to be no great rise and no great fall in the near future. It doesn't look like it. I mean, demand is slowing down. It's also a little bit seasonal too, right? I mean, you had, we just got done with a holiday. People are going to start thinking about back to school yeah. and, and some of those things, and it slows down. Nothing's, nothing's too crazy, but I would say that the, you know, the days of every house under 400000 having multiple offers is slowed. Yeah. Uh, there's still demand there, and, and – uh, but it's not it's not nearly what it is and, and inventory's coming up because anytime that you have media coverage for a, a long period of time that's saying it's a seller's market it's a seller's market everyone's oh, making yeah. more money yep. now all the sellers jump in yep. now all the sellers go well we've been hearing it's good we're going to jump in and i think a lot of times they have the expectation of what they saw 6 months ago so they're like well my neighbor right. sold 6 months ago for that price why can't i get it today and the market is starting to starting to change and it's hard to it's hard to quantify what the future looks like in real estate because you don't actually have sold properties to say here's what's happening in the future we don't have a lot of horrible programs like we did in 2008 though right no we don't no, have no. any of that they still need money. documents to get a loan <laughs> Good. you actually have to have proof you have the money in two uh, seriously when did that start was it just after 2000 yeah, well, it really started to ramp up from 04, 05, and 06. Yeah, it really yeah got that's true. Really crazy. I mean, it was to the point where you just walk in and just say, oh, yeah, just sign these documents. You have a loan. I mean, there was. How on earth? People was were that buying a good houses idea? they never saw. Yeah. I mean, right. that was that huge straw buyer program where, right. where people were buying properties and. and uh, it was just a, it was a terrible thing. I mean, we, we can't ever get back to that again. I mean, it, no. I mean, I watched I watched people lose their four hundred one ks. I watched them wreck their credit. I mean, I watched yeah. so many things happening. It's 
it's not good to ever get back to that. So there needs to be some checks and balances for sure with the, with the mortgage side of things. To show you how bad I am at reading things, uh, Chris and I have a friend in common named Ryan. Yeah. And I said, how old is Ryan? Like 25? He goes, he's 37. <laughs> he looks like a teenager to oh, me. Oh, yeah, he's young. He's a very young looking. Yeah. He's 37 years old. I thought he was 25. His nickname, <laughs> his nickname is Cupcake. They call him Cupcake. They call him because he looks like a little yep. baby. Hey, Cupcake. <laughs> Next time you see him, you got to call him that. Is that Norgard? No, the, the, those guys. Oh, they all call him Cupcake. Nor, Norberg, yeah. Honest to God. Osgard and Norberg and Norgard and all the rest of them. That's what they, they did. Nor, wait, you Nor, know a Nor... Wait. No, this is what they did. Osgard and Norberg always get called half of their name. Oh, I thought you also know, knew someone called well, Norgard. I was of course, like, they all wow. look the same. They all look alike. So on his golf balls, Kevin Osgard puts Osberg, and on Kendall Norberg, he puts Norgard. <laughs> <laughs> Our guest just called in. Oh, excellent. Mm-hmm. Magnificent. So how are we today? I'm I'm aroused actually. You're aroused. You're aroused by what? <laughs> I should check in on that and see what you're aroused by. That's my job, you know. My book. Well, you're, that's a good thing to be aroused by your own book. I think it's absolutely <laughs> true. the history of hormones and how they control just about everything. Randy Hutter Epstein, MD, our special guest, a guy did uh, tour through the strange science of hormones in the middle age. Oh, the middle age. The age-old quest to control them. How do you can you control? I suppose to some degree you can control hormones, but how how high is that degree? Well, our quest, our urge to control them, has always been around. Yeah, um, we are doing a lot better in terms of people who have serious syndromes that we know are way too low, and we're actually able to help them control their hormones. When you think of like people with diabetes that don't have insulin, we haven't cured it, but we can help people control that much better. Um, This quest to control just about everything, when people think libido, looking younger, being smarter, we're not quite there yet, but we're just going to keep trying and trying. Well, metabolism, behavior, sleep, mood swings, the immune system, fighting, fleeing, puberty, and sex, these are the things I went through just yesterday. So anyway, <laughs> that's a lot of things. Uh, I call and you if Dr. you were a woman, we could have added menopause to your day yesterday, that's too. That's true. So, you're, so you actually don't go through as much as maybe some of the female listeners. So should I call you Randy or Dr. Epstein? Because I'll do either. Whatever, whatever you'd like, whatever you think would make for a better conversation, I can be called Randy is totally fine. How about if I just call you the big R? How about that? Yeah, no one ever has. I'm only about five two. Oh, you're five so two. So I might not. I might not respond. I might use. No. Uh, little R, maybe. I would, little, I would R, little R is cute. No, I'll go with Dr. Epstein because I like to show okay. respect to people who worked very, very hard to get where they are, and people in your position. It took a lot of work, right? It did. It did. It was a lot of work. Yes. Metabolism, behavior, sleep, mood swings, the immune system, fighting, fleeing, puberty, and sex. These are just a few of the things our bodies control with hormones. Armed with a healthy healthy dose of wit and curiosity, medical journalist Randy Hutter Epstein takes us on a journey through the unusual history of uh, these potent chemicals from a basement filled with jarred 19th century brains to a 21st Mm -hmm. century hormone clinic in Los Angeles. It was interesting, Dr. Epstein. 
Um, I was watching a, a special. I think it was on. It was on Netflix. It's called The Last Laugh. Have you ever seen The Last Laugh? No, no. Should I? Yeah. Well, it, it, it's several uh, Jewish comedians and then survivors of the Holocaust and 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 descendants of survivors of the Holocaust get together and go back to Germany. And the, the first thing they discovered, and it's probably true, while Jews have a great sense of humor, Germans have no sense of humor at all. And seriously, they think <laughs> that was Maybe it's a, hormones. Maybe it's, that's what I was going to ask you. Is it hormones? Uh, is that what it's all? What is it all about? I know it's a, it's a cultural thing, and it's, uh, hey, this is what we do, and this is how I was raised, so this is how I'm going to continue doing things. But they, they thought initially that the major problem may have started way back when, when Jews had a great sense of humor and Germans had no sense of humor. They just couldn't get along. It's an interesting mm. point. Yeah, that is an interesting point. I don't know. Like, my kids are funny. They say I'm not funny, but I really try, and I always like to show them on the back of my book. It says in print that I'm witty, so that must mean something. <laughs> yeah, that must be the truth, then. That's <laughs> you have the to believe it. It's in print. Um, yeah, but I, I haven't really looked into the German non-humor yet, well, but I do know Jewish humor well. Well, I looked into German, and they're right. They have no sense of humor. i got to take a two-minute mm. break, but I'll be right back, Dr. Epstein. That's okay? Sure. Be right back in two minutes, Tom Bernard Show. It's I'll Tom telling you how easy it's been to lose weight at Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth with their weight loss plan. I'm down 77 pounds, and in a couple of weeks, I'll do one more round to shed the rest of my unwanted pounds. Find out how to have success losing weight like I did by attending the Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth free informational dinner. It's on Monday, July 23rd at 6 p.m. at Jake's in Plymouth. I'll see you there. That extra baggage melts away really fast, and one of the best parts is it's just so easy. I am never hungry. Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth has educated me on clean eating, and I now know the foods that work for me and the weight gain trigger foods, too. That's important. Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth will guarantee that you'll lose 20 pounds or more in just 40 days. Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth has helped me change my life, and they can help you, too. Register for the Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth dinner on July 23rd. Just call 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. Let's talk about good things. Does your car work? You got a roof over your head? You got kids, parents, a spouse who loves you, or a mate? These are the good things you have because you live in America, the country that has more immigration than any other nation on Earth. You have these things because the U.S. military stands at a wall and protects you from any person or thing that would take them away from you. The entire volunteer military that stands at the ready just in case. The greatest fighting force ever known on planet Earth. Every person serving in our military is ready to lay down their life for your freedom. And all too often, they do. I'm the executive director of the Gold Star Ride Foundation, an organization set up to do just one thing. Take care of families left behind when one of our brave fighters loses their life for you. We're riding motorcycles throughout the country to achieve this purpose, and you can help. Go to goldstarride.org and make a donation or learn where we are so you can come and ride with us. It's a small thing we do. It was a huge thing that they did. Goldstarride.org. That's goldstarride.org. Make a donation today. Let's dance. 
Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking to Dr. Randy Hutter Epstein, who claims to have a phenomenal sense of humor. I will tell you that. <laughs> Let's good... start this one with where her saying, I'm aroused. Tom's aroused now. Well, that was a pun. That wasn't really a I, joke. I, I'm just going to distinguish the aroused was a pun because oh. the book title is aroused. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, I said I think I can be funny, but don't put me on the spot. Don't like I will tell me to that. tell a joke or anything. Yeah. Because <laughs> okay. then it won't be funny and then no one will believe me. Okay. Here's a joke you can tell the next interview. Two Irish guys walk out of a bar. Thank you very much. <laughs> great to be here. Sounds like something, this sounds like a great idea. Yeah, go ahead. That's a great idea. Uh, <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. Uh, in any case, how did, uh, how did arouse I can't really say it that way. How did Aroused ever get started? <laughs> but how did the I book... love these kind of questions um, because I also like to say things that my kids hate when I say you can actually Google Randy Hutter Epstein Aroused and yes. things will come up on the Internet. Um, but that's not why I wrote the book. Good. Um, I really wrote the book because I'm fascinated with medical history and from looking at the archives and newspapers, but also talking to experts and talking to, oh, people like myself, menopausal women and teenagers, I realize there's a lot of confusion when we hear about hormones. And I really wanted to set the record straight. I wanted to make a distinction between some of the fabulous advances there's been in science and also some of the ridiculous, outrageous claims. Because I think some of those ridiculous things people should be warned against, but they also make for some really great stories. Yeah, I want to hear some of those stories because you're absolutely right. People don't really understand many things about the about the other sex, do they? I mean, they think they do, but do we really know about or about the, your own? How about how about about yeah, your own? Yeah, sex? maybe your own. Sometimes we're confused about that too. Um, but but I'm fascinated with some of the things that kind of made sense at the time, and then we can look back and say, well, that was wacky. So there was this brilliant doctor in the 1920s, and when I say brilliant, he was nominated for the Nobel Prize 11 times. He didn't get it, but you have to be pretty smart to be nominated 11 times for some really good work that he did, looking, finding, like he located the cells that secrete testosterone. He didn't even, testosterone wasn't even named at that point, so that's good and serious. And it's, I realize it's not the most fascinating story in the world. No, it is, But though. here's when it gets better. It, that's a good story, but here's where it gets better. He made a little mistake, but it made sense. He thought, well, wow, I just located these cells that secrete what I think is some manly kind of juice. If we could just block it somehow, think of how much better men would feel. So he started promoting vasectomies to boost libido, oh, to make God. your brain clearer. Um, and Freud got, got one of his vasectomies. So did Yeats, the poet. And they went around saying they never felt better, their sex life was never better. The guy's name who promoted this was called Eugene Steinack. Oh, it yeah. became so popular that men were going around saying, I got Steinack, my wife thinks, you know, I'm like my 20-year-old self again. I mean, to make your name become a verb is pretty popular. So we now know, because I did call experts, um, for those vasectomy listeners, um, no, it doesn't boost your libido. It no. might make you feel better about not impregnating someone, but it doesn't boost your libido. But it's sort of a wayward path that we went down in the history of hormones for a while. It is so confusing. I've read things, I mean, many years ago. I don't remember the man's name, but the guy who invented cornflakes did so. He invented cornflakes to stop boys from masturbating. 
How did he oh, make yeah. it? Oh, <laughs> he oh, was, he, oh yeah. yeah. He was, um, he also had these health spas that you yep. go to, and you had to, like, men and women were separate. You weren't allowed to have sex. You had whole wheat, vegetarian diet. Yeah, he was, he was a little kooky, too. But oh, he has yeah. a, a cereal with his name on it. I don't know if it's Kellogg or Post or who it is, but it's, I don't know. But in any case, it was yeah. Some mm-hmm. of these clinics that he would have need these camps, so no one could have sex except for him, maybe. I don't know. I don't know, but that that could be that could be an idea to look into for my next book. You know, were these guys at these health spas aroused? That could be something See? to look into next time. And I love the fact that you just stepped up there as a as a free woman in America, and said, I'm going to name my book Aroused, whether you like it or not. Do they end cap your well, book at the bookstore? Well, can I just go into that for a second? Yeah, Because absolutely. I'm not sure what your listeners are thinking when they hear Aroused, mm-hmm. but the scientist who wanted to come up with the word for, the scientist who, who came up with the concept of hormones, before it was named hormones, he needed a name. Like, what do I call these substances in the body that all behave in a similar sort of way? And he was thinking, in the way I was thinking, to arouse other glands in the body. What are chemicals? What's a good name for a chemical that arouses or excites other cells in the body? So he wanted something from the Greek, because that's what doctors do. We like highfalutin words from the Greek. (laughs) And he said to one of his friends, who's a Cambridge University classicist, What's a, what means, like, what's a word from Greek that means to arouse? And his friend said, well, hormoa. So that's how he came up with oh. hormones for arousing cell receptors. And then I just reversed it. Rather than call my book Hormones, A History of Hormones, I went back to the original aroused, as in arousing cell receptors. Yeah, that makes total sense. And it's mm-hmm. kind of a, an unfortunate thing because there are so many hormone jokes out there now. It's unbelievable because it's, it, I don't know. Uh, Dr. Epstein, we have another doctor in our presence. Dr. Ralph Basham is in studio, and I see whenever Ralph holds his hand up to his chin, I go, "Oh, he's thinking about he's, something." He's thinking about he's thinking about <laughs> something. You know, it, it's part it's part of the fellowship. Uh, I I just did want to ask you the you know the current thoughts, and I'm not and I'm not an absolute believer about uh, the microbiome in your body, but many people have intimated that this is a key part of hormone hormone balance and hormone secretion to a certain extent. And what have you learned about that, or know, what do you might might you say about that? So this is I'm a I'm a believer in the sense that yeah we are made of germs and I'm sure you believe that too yeah. and I think that they're very important the good ones and the bad ones keeping us going. I think we're learning now that our hormones interact with these bacteria. We're also learning that these bacteria emit their own hormones that probably affect our bodies. What we don't know yet is exactly what, you know, what's good about them and what's bad and precisely how they're affecting our hormones. So we can't just go out and buy like a tablet that says, oh, this is probiotic, this is good for your bacteria and this is good for your hormones because we don't know enough to know what to shove into that probiotic. So I believe in the whole theory of it and I believe that there's exciting research, but I don't believe that we know enough to sell over-the-counter stuff to help our hormones or help our gut bacteria in the way we want. But probably it's true that if we overdose with like antibiotics every time we have a cold and you don't need an antibiotic, that's probably wiping out some of your gut bacteria. And there's actually some studies showing that it might have something 
you know, increase the risk of obesity because we're just mucking up with our system so much. And, and, and there, there is evidence to show that children that are born via C-section, rather vaginal delivery, are not exposed to the, to the mother's microbiome. And as a result, they have a higher risk of obesity and diabetes really? as adults. And yeah, it's, it's a, it's a real thing. And I don't, I'm, I don't think we're getting there fast enough because I think it's important information that we just don't have yet. But it's there's some very interesting things. You know, you know, I grew up uh, at the University of Utah saying, "Oh, you know, the body's all sterile, yeah, except for your airways a little bit. You get some bacteria in there, but that's it's all cleared out, and everything's as sterile in your body except for your gut." And then they, they did they did studies that show that there are actually a microbiome that lives inside the um, in the amniotic fluid around the baby. And in, in it, that's something that's all new and the interaction, why that's there. It's just no one really knows these things. So it's everywhere in your body, and it's an important part of your life. Well, oh, I think we're on the same page here. Yeah. I think, right, we know it's important. We know that all this stuff that gets coated with babies when they're born vaginally is important. We know probably even being exposed to some dirt, you know, I'm kind of, I, I think I like that theory because I, I didn't have the most hygienic household when my kids were little, um, but all this stuff is good for your immune system and probably your hormones. But yeah, we're not there. You can't really get a pill to make up for any, you know, to sort of reverse things. We're not, we're not quite there yet. We're not there yet. We know they control us. We're not quite there knowing how to control the changes that we've done to ourselves. Yeah. And there's all sorts of sensationalism with regards to uh, fecal transplants and that sort of thing. And it, which is, is just really unfounded at this point in time. And there's real dangers associated with it until it can be scientifically proven to be beneficial. You got to stay away from it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's why I always, you know, I get a lot of questions about hormones and things. And, you know, I'm always telling people, one is, you know, you should go to a doctor, like an endocrinologist or someone that studied hormones, not just someone who has a clinic that they're dispensing supplements. And you want to be careful because people forget that even, like, these all-natural supplements, some of them do have hormones in them, and they're not, they might not be measured so accurately. They could have a little too much thyroid or not enough of something you think you're getting. Um, so if it didn't go through quality control, you kind of don't know what you're getting in some of these over-the-counter things. So how does the brain affect all of this? And the reason I asked that, Dr. Epstein and Dr. Basham knows this already. Uh, I've been married for 34 years now to a lovely woman named Catherine. And the reason that we hit it off so well when I met her is I found her so attractive, I thought there was no way that she would ever, I'd ever have a chance with her. So I was very, very relaxed, and it really worked out great. Do you think some people, uh, when they do meet their mate or who they want to be they mate, their mate, they get so nervous and so upset, they make themselves sick and very unattractive in that way? I mean, it's kind of interesting. I think that there's so much that we don't know. Right. Um, like, you know, there's all this stuff like spray a little oxytocin, you know, that's got this moniker of being the love hormone. <laughs> right. Um, and, you know, I, I don't want to make anyone feel that, but if you've spent money on your oxytocin right. spray, but you might just want to be a nicer person rather than spray it on you before you go to a bar. <laughs> yeah, so probably. I yeah. think, you know, the very last line of my acknowledgments says something to the fact I acknowledge my husband and I write um, it's the chemistry so I believe that the reason why he's stuck with me for almost 30 years and we've known each other for almost 40 years 
um, is because he's stuck with me. It's like the chemistry. I have no yep. idea. I can yep. be super annoying. Sometimes I don't even listen to him. Like for the last 25 years, almost a quarter century, I haven't listened to him. But something in this chemistry, it's probably hormones, but we don't know exactly what is just making him stick around. That's, I think that's 100% true, that the, the chemistry that Catherine and I have really works somehow. I mean, she could have been, she could have exactly. done much better than me, but she didn't. She didn't have any interest in it. So, there must be a God, is what I'm saying, Doctor Epstein. <laughs> or, or some hormone thing. Now, what we do know <laughs> is that um, God or a hormone if, thing. Yeah, if if we do know, if you happen to be a silkworm moth and a single female silkworm moth. You do actually have these chemicals that are similar to hormones. Some people call them ectohormones that you can spray. And if a male silkworm, hormone, a silkworm moth is in the vicinity and pretty far away and he gets that spray, he will follow it right back and start mounting you. I mean, that's like female manipulation at its best. And I'll repeat, it only works if one of your listeners happens to be a silkworm moth. <laughs> um, it doesn't work in humans, though, though it would be nice for us. Um, so all these pheromones that we hear about, it definitely works in some animals like this moth. Um, right. But humans, we don't quite have it yet. We try with perfumes and all that right. stuff, but right. it's not that same, you know, it's not that same dragging following the scent back to you. Magnificent. Arouse the history of hormones and how they control just about everything. Dr. Randy Hutter Epstein. You pronounce it Epstein or Epstein? Epstein. Epstein. I just want to make sure. Thank you so much. You've been a very entertaining guest. I appreciate your time today. Oh, thank you. I appreciate being on here. This was fun. It was a lot of fun for us as well. Thank you, Doctor. Thanks. Arouse, the name of the book. She's got a hell of a sense of humor. So, yeah, she, does. so she is funny. She's a very relaxed, night, good, great person. I got a kick out of it. I think you have to when you have to deal with the hormones all the time. <laughs> well, or if you're married for somebody for 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> she also is the first person ever on the show to say to me, and then they come back and mount you. It's like, <laughs> don't be talking about things mounting me. I, whether it's a silkworm or not, I have no interest in leave me out of it and leave me alone. That's all I have to say. Uh Cassie, the guests have been great lately. I mean, you know, how you got Chris Lindahl in here, I don't know. But, oh. I mean, you, you teed that it took a lot. I called the it number on the billboard. I called the number on the billboard. I picked up and showed up. <laughs> well, it works. Go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for today's show. Another great show coming up tomorrow. And thanks so much for listening today. And we'll talk to you tomorrow on the Tom Bernard Show.